Hello Pathway families and welcome back to Friday's R for Families. And this is our, our new format, right? And so I would love to hear from you and uh, let us know, do you enjoy this new format? Do you enjoy these new conversations and interviews? What's been your experience of them? Uh, we would love for you to let us know that. Um, today is a continuation of our theological conversations. And today we're gonna talk about this, this question that confronts us at Christmas time. And uh, this question that we're going to cover is, why was Jesus born? So I'm Ben, and I have here with me Jenna. Hello, Jenna. Hello. How it's are good you? to be here. Yes. I'm good. Good. Yeah, so we want to just remind you briefly of why we have these conversations and why we think it's important to talk about theology with your kids. I mean, first of all, we're having these conversations already in Crosstown and in student ministry. We use the Gospel Project curriculum, and these questions are coming directly from what our kids are already studying. And so we invite you to step into that space. But also more than that, we think theology is important for kids, for adults. Um, theology shapes the way that we think about God and the way that we think about God matters. And so we are encouraging you to step into that space with your kids and help just to shape their understanding of who God is. And so as we think about these questions and as you ask your kids these questions, you're really helping them to shape their understanding of who God is and who the one that they worship is. So we are excited about being able to do that today. How do we answer this question then of why was Jesus born? And, uh, you know, as we're talking about theology and asking this question about Jesus, it's probably a good idea to go to what the scriptures say. Yeah, so <clears throat> when we do this in Crosstown and Student Ministries, we always have passages that we go to in the scriptures to help us answer these questions. In Crosstown, we call it our key passage. Um, parents, maybe you see your kids with their little cafe coupons when they can memorize their key passage, but it always goes along with this question. So this is our key passage um, for this month, and it comes from Galatians chapter 4, 4 through 5. It says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might be so that we might receive adoption as sons. So that is our key passage. Um, and Ben, you wanted to take it even a step further. Yeah, I mean, I like going into verse six and, and I was actually just talking about uh, verse six with my daughter recently. And, and verse six says, and, and because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. And, uh, and we came to that word, Abba, and she was like, what is that? And I was like, oh, well, it's like kind of the same thing as like when you call me dada, like that's how we can approach God and that intimacy that, that we're able to have with him as our heavenly father. Um, and so I just love this picture here that, that this gives to us of this relationship that we have with God, of not this distant, overbearing king, ruler, um, but instead this loving heavenly father who adopts us into his family, who you see like all throughout scripture, desiring to draw us into the family of God. Um, and so it's a, I feel like it's a beautiful image of just that, that closeness that he desires with us, um, which is partly why he sent Jesus. That's why Jesus was born, is that we could be drawn into this relationship with God. Um, and so we have kind of these, these three points that we want to go through um, in, in talking about why Jesus was born. And, uh, and so we're going to take it kind of one, one at a time. Um, but ultimately, the three of them are to save us from our sins, to show us who God is, and to fulfill God's promises. Um, so we're going to kind of take those one by one. Um, so let's start with to save us from our sins. Why was Jesus born? Jesus mm -hmm. was born 
to save us from our sins. This is the big one that we often think of, like obviously the cross and, and all of that. Like that's what we celebrated at Easter. Um, but this is who Jesus is, right? Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And, and that is just a, a beautiful image. And uh, so Jenna, how, how do we see that in the birth of Jesus, this image of like he's the Lamb of God and, and he's being, but he's born as a baby. And, and so we, like sometimes it might be a little tricky to just like initially see that in the birth of Jesus. But yeah, how do we see that? Yeah, it is. I mean, because we, we see the language of Lamb of God kind of start with Jesus's ministry when we see John the Baptist like herald him in. Um, but in the Christmas story, John the Baptist is, is present in that story. Yeah, and so drawing our attention even to the fact that before we hear about Jesus, we hear about John. John mm. is going to be born, and he's going to be the one who prepares the way for this person. Um, and so we we see that already starting in the Christmas story. Um, but I think even just taking a step back with our kids and starting with the concept of why why did we need our sins to be forgiven um, is, a, is a good place to start, helping our kids to understand the need um, for that and, and why this baby was, was needed um, is a good place to start. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think sometimes it can be like easy to like see the sin in our kids, mm-hmm. but our kids don't always see it as sin, yeah. right? And so that's a, a conversation we can have with them is like, hey, do you understand what sin is? Mm-hmm. And it also, I think, opens up an opportunity for us to talk and like be vulnerable ourselves yeah. with our kids and be like, hey, I'm not perfect either. And mm-hmm. when I sin, like this is, this is what happens. And um, you know, you see it in the parent-child relationship. Like when your child sins against you, there, there's a, an issue in that relationship mm-hmm. with them, right? It, it has to be fixed. Um, and so that's when we see like to, to save us from our sins, like in, in our relationship, like we have to come back to each other and, and forgive one another in order for that to be healed. Um, and, and we see that in our Heavenly Father as well as when we break that relationship in sin, he desires for us, right? And as parents, our hearts desire that reconciliation with our kids as well. And so our Heavenly Father desires that reconciliation of, of coming back to Him to, to not just be saved once from our sins, but to be continually cleansed from our sins. And I think helping our kids to understand that it's because of Jesus that we mm-hmm. can step into that place. Yeah. Like He is our mediator. And so we can be thankful for the birth of Jesus, but because of Jesus, we have peace between mm-hmm. us and our Heavenly Father. And so when we do sin, like we don't have to go and offer, we've talked, you know, a couple yeah. months ago about that idea of sacrifice. It's mm-hmm. like we don't have to go and offer these sacrifices. Instead, we can just go straight to the Father because we have this yeah. mediator who was born for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a helpful concept for our kids to understand as well yeah. when it comes to sin. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, that's good. The other thing we talked about is that um, Jesus was born to show us who God is, Mm. um, which I think is a really helpful thing. I was reflecting on, I have a four-year-old, and one of the things she'll tell me a lot is, I don't know where God is. Mm. Because I'll say, you know, especially occurs during bedtime, because, you know, she'll want me to lay with her at bedtime because she's scared. And we'll say a (laughs) prayer, and I'll say, you know, God, be with Lydia right Mm. now. And um, help her to know that you are here. And she'll go, I can't see God. Where is he? And so, <laughs> right. you know, our kids sometimes have a hard time understanding this idea of this invisible God. Mm. So why does Jesus help us with that? Yeah. I mean, so as we've talked about this, like I think you said these words, but he makes the invisible visible, mm-hmm. right? That's what Jesus does. Um, in I like Hebrews chapter one in verse three, 
uh, says this and says, the sun, speaking of Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. And so there's this reality that as, as Jesus lived his life, like this is literally God in a body. Yeah. And so when we wonder what God is like, when we wonder um, the kind of people that he hung out with, the, the kind of people he cared for, how he showed love, how he expressed compassion, um, you know, looking at the fruit of the Spirit, like Jesus embodied the fruit of the Spirit in, in every circumstance of his life. And so as we read the scriptures and, and see who Jesus is, it, it gives us then, okay, the historical figure of Jesus, um, also the Son of God, uh, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, like this shows us exactly who God is. Um, and so, yeah, we can't physically see God, but we have this representative of who he perfectly is in the person of Jesus. Um, again, another one of his reasons of why Jesus yeah. was born. And even Jesus as a baby, right? Yeah. Like he was fully God yeah. in the moment that he was born, which is kind of a hard thing to comprehend it because is. you see this vulnerable infant, mm-hmm. um, but helping our kids to see like he didn't grow into being fully God. Yeah. He was fully God in the moment that he was born mm-hmm. um, and, and helping them to see that, that like that moment that he came like that there he was and yeah. it wasn't something that he developed into mm-hmm. over time mm-hmm. um that he had the full power of god available to him even in that moment yeah 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 it is a beautiful thing just to to consider um that he had to like grow <laughs> that he mm-hmm. had to mature um you know the scriptures say that, that jesus grew in favor uh, in stature and in favor with god mm-hmm. and man um and so his relationship with his heavenly father grew or you know like mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to conceptualize that other than like that's what the scriptures tell us is like mm-hmm. i don't know how jesus could grow in relationship with his heavenly father but he did mm-hmm. um and and that's kind of amazing um to think through and like that's what he draws us into too is yeah. is showing us like here's how you relate to your Abba, mm-hmm. right? Here's, here's how you can speak to him. Here's how you can grow in him, spend time with him, mm-hmm. pray, like the things to pray for, you know, spending time in the word of God, habits of life, like things like that. Jesus shows us as the perfect representative yeah. of who God is. Um, so it's like a, it's sometimes I feel like it hurts my brain a little bit to like hold all these I things think, in tension. I right. think that's so good. I think it should hurt our brains. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be wise of us to invite our kids to have those mm-hmm. type, that type of imagination. I mean, yeah. kids are naturally more imaginative than us mm-hmm. as grownups anyways. Yeah. Um, so spending time at Christmas, really just asking those questions mm-hmm. and, and letting them see, you know, we struggle to reconcile some of these things. Yeah. And we are amazed at mm-hmm. some of these concepts. We're amazed that like, Jesus was born mm-hmm. as a baby and was fully God. I think that's a, that's a good thing to push into mm-hmm. with our kids during this time of year. And I think Christmas invites that time of wonder. Yeah. Um, and we would be wise to step into it more probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And I think sometimes like just thinking of Christmas and, and kind of recapturing that wonder a little bit mm-hmm. is like we can get so caught up in the season of like, you know, kids Christmas programs mm-hmm. and like all the different like family events and activities and buying presents and, you know, yeah. like Black Friday and shopping and deals and like all that kind of stuff and decorating. And like there are so many things that go into Christmas that, that I think sometimes we can lose the mm-hmm. wonder of like, no, but Jesus was born as a baby. <laughs> like, stop and think about that. Like, yeah. the creator 
everything was created by him and through him and for him mm-hmm. and he was born as a baby yeah and like that's just astounding you know yeah. it's, it's cool though yeah I think that leads us into our last point um, mm. that Jesus was born to fulfill promises. Yeah. And that's another thing I think we sometimes mm. lose the wonder of because we we weren't waiting. Mm. We are waiting right now for the his second coming, but we didn't experience the waiting for the first coming. Right. Um, and so helping our kids to build that anticipation a little bit and Advent's a great season for mm. that of a season of waiting, yeah. except typically we feel Advent with so many activities <laughs> that it doesn't quite feel like waiting. Every yeah. day kind of feels like Christmas during that season. That's true. So let's talk a little bit about that. What were the promises that Jesus fulfilled? Yeah, I mean, you see in the Old Testament what has been prophesied about Jesus of, of where he was going to be born, mm-hmm. when he was going to be born, what was going to be on his shoulders, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. He's going to be born of the Virgin Mary. The government's going to be upon his shoulders. He's going to be called Emmanuel, um, Prince of Peace, like God with us. Like, so you see all of those things. Um, but there's more than just those titles and, and locations and things is this idea of this savior who's going to come, yeah. this this Messiah, this chosen mm-hmm. one, right? Who who has been anointed by God as the rightful king yeah. over everything, mm-hmm. right? And and that's really like the ultimate fulfillment is not coming as an earthly king, mm-hmm. but coming as the rightful heir of it all, yeah. <laughs> right? As as this king who comes not as a conquering hero, like this beautiful picture of him coming into Jerusalem that we talk about at Easter time of not as this conquering hero on this magnificent war horse, mm-hmm. but on this humble donkey. The war horse will come, mm-hmm. right? At the end, we know, but his entrance as the king, his coronation mm-hmm. ceremony, as we've talked about, um, is in that humble donkey going into the city. Uh, and so even he is like waiting with anticipation, yeah. even Jesus is is waiting for the the culmination of it all, and we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. And and so we see his patience and not grasping things before. Mm-hmm. That was uh, you know looking at his temptation with Satan in the wilderness. Like some of that was a let's do it now mm-hmm. and not wait. You could have the kingdoms of the exactly, world exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so all of your father's promises can be fulfilled mm-hmm. in this moment if you circumvent his plan. If you go around it and, you know, take the shortcut. Yeah. So, And we see this theme of waiting really all throughout the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, if we look at this, the really the narrative of Scripture, the big mm-hmm. overarching story, um, it starts with that story, obviously, of Adam and Eve mm-hmm. and their sin, um, but it all hinges on this promise that God makes to them. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's going to be somebody who's going to defeat evil is, yeah. is the promise that is given to Eve. Mm-hmm. And I have to imagine just like as a woman, like putting myself in Eve's position, mm. um, when that promise was made, I'm guessing the first child she had, mm. it was probably like, here he is. Yeah. But we see that that is not it because mm-hmm. that first child is Cain and, the, and yeah. he is not a life giver, right? Mm. He, like, he takes well, life I instead. Take it, yeah. And mm. I just have to think that, you know, woman after woman throughout the story of scripture had to have that thought of like, maybe this is it. Mm-hmm. Like maybe this is the, the one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we probably don't think about that very often. Yeah. At least I don't enter into that. But there is this like waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see that the people are just waiting for this promised one who is going to come. Mm-hmm. And we're not great at waiting. True, and yeah. we often, like you said, like want to take matters into our own hands. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but we see that God kind of like further reveals again and again and again throughout the Old Testament. Like he gives a glimpse of it to Abraham, like, mm-hmm. hey, you're going to have multiple descendants. Like you're going to have this huge family mm-hmm. and it's going to come from you. And then it's like, yeah. again, to David, like, hey, you're going to have like a line of kings that's going to sit on your throne forever. And so mm-hmm. we get glimpses of this promise along the way, but it is years before we see the fulfillment of right. it. And so then all of a sudden we see this king come and he comes in such a not magnificent way it yeah. seems mm-hmm. um, and that's just a, something to ponder as well mm-hmm. is wow like we waited for years generations waited mm-hmm. with groaning for the birth of this baby and he comes silently yeah. you know in a stable yeah. and then we see the birth heralded to shepherds like mm-hmm. these outcasts yeah. um, and it's such a beautiful picture of, of how God works in the world and sometimes mm-hmm. we can't even see that he is working when he's at work right. and we can't even see the fulfillment of promises like when they're right in front of us mm-hmm. Uh, but really that's what the birth of Jesus did. It, it's this hinge point in scripture where like just the whole Old Testament all of a sudden is like mm-hmm. fulfilled in him. Yeah. And not even just the whole Old Testament and that hinge point, but like mm-hmm. all of human history, yes. right? Like we have time change, right? Mm-hmm. The calculating of years change. Like all, mm-hmm. all that stuff was impacted by this birth of Jesus. Um, and so like everything changed, mm-hmm. right? Like it's kind of... Uh, a pithy whatever saying to say like Jesus changes everything but like he he did right Mm -hmm. and and he continues to like personally in our lives but Mm -hmm. also like historically and globally and more than globally like like universally Mm -hmm. um, like he changes everything by his birth by being uh, like showing us who God is and the way that God Mm -hmm. handles like that power of being the king and all of those things um, so it really is like an amazing thing to see that this birth of Jesus and, and again, sometimes in this Christmas season, we uh, are so full of so many other things that we do lose that wonder. Yeah. And, and I think questions can kind of help us mm-hmm. recapture some of that wonder and, and especially like asking our kids questions. And, uh, and so we have some questions that we would just suggest to you as parents to ask to your kids. Um, we'll put them up on the screen, but I'll, I'll tell you them as well. Um, so the first question, and each of these kind of follows one of the points, but the first question is, why did Jesus need to save us from our sins? And why are we unable to do this on our own? And I would encourage you, like, as you ask that question, depending on the age of your kids, um, don't fill in any blanks yet. Like, let them give, like, a full answer and maybe ask some more questions before filling in any blanks, even if their answer is wrong. Like, don't immediately correct them, um, but just follow the trajectory of that and, and let one question lead to another question. Um, you know, maybe it's the, the next question of like, oh, that's interesting. Like, what? why do you think that? Or, um, you know, where did you uh, come up with that answer? Or have you heard that somewhere before? And just continuing to, to follow that, that question line um, just to invite your kids into that. And, and then you can go into, like if their answer is like is wrong, like go to the, the, like the right answer. You don't want to leave them in the wrong answer. Um, can I add but, to that? Yeah, I yeah. think the, the important thing about doing that is you start to discover your kid's theology yeah. in that moment. And that's not you know, to say like you have to panic as a parent because all of a sudden their theology is wrong. I mean, by asking good questions, we see where our kids' hearts are yeah. and we see where their theology is. And then we know, mm-hmm. oh, okay, they have this thought that I kind of need to slightly change a little bit. you know. And so like when Lydia is scared at night and she doesn't know where God is and she's worried because God's invisible, that helps me to understand where Lydia is. Lydia is at right now in her theology of understanding God. 
Um, so these questions are really important for that. Mm -hmm. um, but another question that you could ask, and I think this is a great one for this very idea, yeah. is the question, if you had to describe God, how would mm -hmm. you describe him? Mm -hmm. um, so just throw that out to your kids and, and hear what they have to say about who God is to them. And I think that would be a really eye-opening thing yeah. to be able to discuss with your kid. It would. And, you know, as we're supposed to have the faith of a child, like it might mm -hmm. open up that opportunity to, to kind of rediscover for yourself. Like, I mean, answer that, answer that yourself, right? Of if you had to describe God, how, how would you describe him? Mm -hmm. um, and it just opens up, yeah, some great dialogue. Uh, and then another question that you could ask, as we think about this Advent, we think about this waiting for Jesus. We don't wait for his first coming. He's already done that. Um, but we do wait for his second coming. And, and so just asking a question around that second coming of Christ is what do you think about the fact that we are waiting for Jesus to come back? Um, it may be something that you've not spent a whole lot of time thinking about or your kid hasn't spent all that much time thinking about. Uh, so that, again, could open up good lines of communication and, and questions in that realm. Um, but ultimately, we hope that as, as you dig into some of these theological concepts, um, that they, they go from like these big, heady subjects to, to coming down to a smaller scale and being able to jump into them with conversation and jump into them with questions and jump into them with wonder. Um, to be able to engage your kids where they're at, to find out, again, mm -hmm. as you ask these questions, kind of more realistically where they are. Um, but that's really our heart in trying to do this, is to make these more accessible, to make it known, like, hey, you can do this at home, and you don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to go study all these textbooks and things like that to have these conversations. So, Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us for our conversation today. And we hope that it is just that, a conversation, not just a conversation between Ben and I, but that you're having this conversation with your kids. Um, we'd invite you to join in our conversation and leave comments and give us feedback on things that you thought or even pushback or, or questions that you have as well. Um, and have conversations like this as well with friends and family. Um, we hope that this will just stir up your imagination a little bit about the things that you can be talking about in your homes. And as always, we invite you to check out the things that we have going on, and you can do so by going to family at pathway.com. We hope you all have a wonderful day. Mm -hmm.